0: Whether you're a pro athlete or an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recovery are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to produce and provide a targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze Recovery and every other CBDMD product, You can take 25% off your next order whenever you use our promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products. That's CBDMD.com promo code NBA. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Blue getting their season underway. They take on the G League Ignite team this afternoon. We'll talk about that as well. We're also going to have a Stockwatch Friday episode, and we're going to preview tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets. Remember, Locked On Thunder is a daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from, including the Radio.com app. So the Oklahoma City Blue got their season underway today where they dominated the Salt Lake City Stars. Of course, the Stars dealing with a lot of injuries, including to Yudoka Azabuki, who was the Jazz first-round pick uh, in this 2020 NBA draft. But for the Blue, they had a lot of good performances. And really, every one of their draft picks played well. I mean, Rob Edwards played well. He had 21 points tonight. You also had Xavier Simpson play very well from Michigan. He only had the six points, but he, he did it in other ways with the nine assists. He also had two rebounds in this game and a steal. I really liked what you saw from Xavier Simpson. And then Vincent Edwards was the third draft pick, and he poured in seven points with the three rebounds to go along with it off the bench. Now, look, those guys probably don't mean a lot to you right now. I uh, not spend time with the Thunder just yet, but it is good to see that the Blue capitalized on the G League draft so far. What does matter for the Thunder is Ty Jerome played. Ty Jerome played basketball. He was in a game for the Thunder organization. He got eight minutes tonight. He went 1-3 for three from the floor, 0-2 oh from beyond the arc. Got to the line one time, went 1-1, one for one, and he dished out to assist and got one rebound on his way to four points. Just the fact he stepped on the floor was positive for Ty Jerome, and with him it's going to take more and more time to get acclimated with the NBA, and in this case the G League, get back into basketball shape and playing basketball routinely and, and stress-testing your body in this way. So you're going to see his minutes increase throughout the rest of the season for the Oklahoma city blue. And then Poku played a ton, 23 minutes. He struggled again, shooting two for 10 from the floor, one for three from beyond the arc, but you saw him still blocking shots. He had the one block. He had the nine rebounds. He had an assist. Look, the, the offense is not there. The offense is not what you want it to be in general, but it's still no need to panic. Like there's still no reason to panic on Poku. Just put him out of your mind. If you're gonna, if you're gonna panic and you're and you're gonna look at box scores and not really like what you see, just put him out of your mind for a couple years. He needs time to adjust, he needs time to get acclimated to the NBA and the in the G League and just playing basketball in America. The G League is still. A much better league than what he was playing in this time last year. Like he's never even faced G League competition before in his entire life. So this is gonna be a huge adjustment for him. And again, the shots are gonna fall, and he's confident he will not lose you know faith in himself. It doesn't appear that way. And so with his confidence comes an ability to eventually knock shots down because he has the talent level. The talent level is there. Now Antonius Cleveland played extremely well. He had 25 points in this game. Maverick's legend goes 10 for 16 from the floor, 60% shooting, and two for four from beyond the arc. I like Anton- Antonius Cleveland. I'm not sure what his NBA ceiling can be or, or if he can even be in the NBA, but I really like watching Antonius Cleveland play basketball, and I'm rooting for him. I hope that you know he can take this chance and become a, a nice little bench piece for an NBA team, earn himself a two-way deal, whatever the case may be, and just find his way into the NBA aspect of things. But I really like watching him play today, and and he's going to be fun to watch for the rest of the bubble. Now, the big thing for the Thunder was not Pokoshevsky. It was not Ty Jerome. It was Moses Brown. Moses Brown plays 28 minutes tonight. He scores 15 points, but he hauls down 17 rebounds and gets four blocks. Moses Brown was amazing in this game. He was simply jaw-dropping, watching him use his physicality, watching him use his body and understand how to get position, understand how to... As Coach Gibbs said after the game, make your opponents feel you. And that's what Brown did. He made everyone that matched up with him feel his presence. And he was still efficient around the rim. 5 for 10 is not bad. Got to the line six times, went 3 for 6 from the line. And Moses Brown is a sneaky name to watch for. I I, I get it. I've given so much hype to Josh Hall, and and Josh Hall deserves every ounce of hype. We'll talk about him coming up. But with Moses Brown, there's there's a world in which after the bubble, Moses Brown is returning to Oklahoma City and he's playing meaningful minutes. I mean, if Al Horford's resting, if there's anything going on with Isaiah Roby at the time, you know, there, there is a pathway to get him on the floor because of the Thunder's desperate need of bigs and bigs who can play defense and bigs who can just present a paint presence and help the Thunder out when trying to defend the rim. I, I think that Moses Brown, if he can string together more games like this one, is an interesting candidate to watch for more minutes come late March and April for the Thunder. Now he said something very interesting in this game. You know, in the post game, I should say, he was asked in the post game with us about, you know, what's it like tomorrow going up against the G League Ignite team, and you could tell that there was a different sort of swagger about him. Like he kind of perked up a bit whenever he realized that tomorrow is the G League Ignite game, and that he said that they want to prove something. And they're excited, and there's a chance to play basketball. He said all the right things, but you could tell there was a different sort of edge to tomorrow's game. You're going up against all these talented guys who are supposed to be first round picks, and, you know, J- Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, and you want to prove that, hey, you guys aren't there yet. You know, you guys aren't even on our level yet. Calm down a bit. Do not let this hype get overwhelming. Like, you, you want to go out there and prove something every game, but specifically against guys who get hyped like the GDIG Ignite team has gotten so far. And Jonathan Kaminga, played extremely well in the Knight's first game. And after that game, Coach Shaw talked about Jalen Green with us, and I was in the media availability for that as well, and he was saying that, you know, he's heard just being in the bubble, talking to players, coaches, he's heard that teams are attacking Jalen Green, and they're focusing in on stopping him because of all the hype around him. So I think that it's clear that tomorrow's game will have more intensity around it because of the very nature of who the Blue are going up against, and how do young guys like Moses Brown... And how do guys on the fringe like Vincent Edwards and and Ty Jerome and Poku and and, and Antonius Cleveland, how do they take advantage of that opportunity to try to exploit young guys like Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga and Dasha Nix? It'll be fun to watch for sure. Now, in this game, the Blue did not play Josh Hall at all. And and I found that really surprising. I, I was floored by that decision to not play him at one minute. Who knows if there's an injury concern there or what's happening there. It's something to watch for because the entire point of sending Josh Hall to the G League is for him to play. And his minutes, getting Josh Hall minutes is more valuable than getting just about anyone on this team minutes. So we're not sure what's happening with Josh Hall. It was not brought up after the blue game. We still have availability after the blue game today against the Ignite team. So if he does not play again, I'm sure at that point it will have to be brought up it's interesting. I'm not sure what's happening, but it's something to watch for later on. But again, that Ignite team and that Ignite game today is going to be something the Thunder will pay attention to a ton. Look, I know that a lot of people don't like talking about the draft right now. It's, it's still really early, but the Thunder sits sixth right now on TakeAthon.com, and you get into that top five range, and you're looking at guys like Jalen Green. You're looking at guys like Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, Jalen Green is supposed to go five. Kaminga is supposed to go four. Personally, for me, I love Jalen Green more than I, I like Evan Mobley or more than I like Jalen Suggs. So I'm really high on Jalen Green, but that's about the range. You know, five, six, four, three. That's all in the realm of getting Ignite players, you know, so, you know Green and Kaminga. Watching them go up against Pokoshevsky and Ty Jerome and in, in the, in the blue organization will be interesting and seeing how they react to the blue. I mean, it's clearly a really good G League team as they got a dominating win over. The stars today. Coming up, we'll have another edition of Stock Watch around the NBA and preview the game against the Denver Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online has everything covered, even awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and prop bets, almost anything you can imagine. Those prop bets are on. online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way uh, to place your bets and sign up for free today at BetOnline.ag. Head on over to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are covering everything you need to know about the Oklahoma City Thunder, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sport news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. So we're back on Locked On Thunder. On the Locked On Podcast Network, you are teams every day, and it's time to go to the stock watch and see who's NBA stock, who's Thunder stock I'm buying and selling. Yeah, they're penny stocks.
1: I told you not to sell.
0: You did not tell me not to sell.
1: I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock?
0: I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. The Friday stock market is open for Locked on Thunder. And in this segment, we buy and sell stock for players or teams or ideas. takes that we either agree with or don't agree with. And so for this week, I want to look at the MVP conversation. It's a burning debate. LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Jokic. There's a ton of different avenues you can go down with. Luka Doncic starting to make a little run again. He had all that momentum in the preseason. He was the betting favorite for the MVP. Mavericks got it off to a bad start. Now they're cooking with their entire team back. They've been really good the last six games when they've had a full roster. And the MVP race for me is shaping up to be one of the best debates in decades. I mean in years. like it's crazy how, how long it's been since we've we've seen in such a long time. I think that the debate will not even be will not even be settled whenever, the hardware's in the hands of whoever wins it. I think that this is one that will last all season long because, you know, the last couple of years here, it's just been kind of, okay, yeah, Giannis is going to win it, and he deserves to win it. You know, maybe so-and-so deserves some recognition, but yeah, it's Giannis, and that's not really as fun as debating who really should win it. And so it's between LeBron and Joel Embiid and Jokic. And if I had to vote today, if I had to vote this very minute, I think that I would vote for Joel Embiid. I really do what he's done for the Philadelphia has been massive. Now, LeBron to me it's weird, right? Cuz LeBron is the most valuable. Like if you just look at that word alone, valuable. LeBron is the most valuable asset that the sport of basketball has today. Like there's the Lakers brand is not bigger than him. Nothing is bigger than LeBron right now in basketball. So if it's only pure value in the sense that I can take LeBron and I could put him on the Hornets, and they'd be really good. Lamelo, LeBron, Gordon Hayward, that turns into a whole new team. I can put LeBron on the Timberwolves, and they'd be really good. That turns into a whole new team. The value part of it is what holds me up from not voting for LeBron every single year. And I think that that's unfair to LeBron. And I think that that LeBron shouldn't have to deal with that, that he's so great that we just get tired of honoring him with the MVP award. So, you know, that that allows you to play devil's advocate and that allows us to debate to get so ranched up because if I put Joel Embiid on the Hornets, are they a good team? Are, are they significantly better than what they are today? I think that they're absolutely better in general. Like they're going to be a, an improved team, but how improved are they? Because if I put LeBron on the Hornets, LeBron makes them a championship contending team. So I, I just don't know where to go with this MVP race and it's so fun to be able to have these debates again because it seems like we didn't have them for the last couple of years. So on the topic of buying or selling this being an intense MVP race this season, I am absolutely buying that fact. Now I I want to move on to the Phoenix Suns who are currently on a four game winning streak and they're seven and three in their last 10, including Last night's game on ESPN, whenever they barely beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, last night, we got two of the best national games we've had in a while. I mean, usually the national games, at least one of them, is a snooze fest. But last night, the Mavericks-Hawks game was really good. And then the Bucks and Suns game was really, really good. Now, with the Suns, are you buying or selling them being a legitimate contender in the Western Conference? not a finals contender, but a contender to pull off a first second round upset in the playoffs. Can they be that Cinderella story that we've seen with Portland in years past and with you know and with Denver in years past? Can they be that that Cinderella story with Chris Paul? And I think that they can. I really like the I really like the roster construction. I still think we have not seen the very very best of Devin Booker yet in this iteration of the Suns. I think that Chris Paul still has that other gear as we saw in Oklahoma City in the playoffs. You know, he can, he can pull it out in the playoffs. And, and DeAndre Ayton, he, I think he's improving a little bit game to game. And then you have Bridges, you have Cam Johnson, you have a lot of different pieces that I personally like. And I think that Monty Williams is a really good coach. I am fascinated by the Suns team. And the fact that they find ways to pull games like this out against Milwaukee gives me a lot of encouragement for the parity and for the environment you'll see in the postseason and how it might truly be unpredictable what happens this season. The last general NBA one that I have is the Sacramento Kings. They are seven and three in their last 10 games and they gotten Kings fans excited. They've had some fun moments in Sacramento, but I think that it's just that I think that it's just fun moments and for the Kings fan base, they deserve it. I mean, the Kings fan base has been drugged through hell and back and they deserved that four game winning streak. They went on, they deserve beating the nuggets and beating the Clippers and I mean, they deserve that the Celtics being the Celtics. That was a fun moment for them. But when you look at this season as a whole, I think that the Mavericks are going to leap back up into the playoffs. So that bumps the Kings down a bit. I think that the Pelicans are going to leap back up in the playoffs. So that bumps the Kings down a bit. Now the kicker is, I think that the Warriors might tail off. And I think that the Grizzlies might tear off, you know, tail off to where the Kings can climb back up a bit. So I think that they're going to level out just outside of the play in like 11, 12, 12, 13 and be really competitive in doing so, but I, I just cannot buy them as a play-in team that's going to go to the play-in tournament and try to make a spot in the postseason. I don't see that happening for them. And so for the Kings, I'm selling them being a playoff team or a play-in team, but they're one of the first casualties of this new play-in because the play-in is going to allow front offices and fan bases and players and coaches to talk themselves into them being better than they are and them playing above expectation level. And it could cause you to hold on to pieces that you would be better served long-term to trade off. And I think that they're going to be the first team to get put in that tough position. Okay. Do we keep buddy heel? Do we keep Harrison Barnes? He's playing really well, or do we give up the chance for a, a play in run at, at the 10th seed in lieu of getting all these future assets? Or do we keep the band together? Try to go to the play in Cause you know what, if you can win the play in tournament, you never know what can happen. There's always a chance. At least, at least you're giving this fan base a postseason berth that they've craved for so long. What do they find more valuable in those two outcomes? And they're going to be the first team that has to make a really tough call at the deadline due to them having the extra play in. Now for the Thunder stock watch, we can throw out a Thunder specific one right now. The Thunder currently are on a two game losing streak and they have a tough, tough trip ahead uh, finishing out in Denver, then coming back home to play Milwaukee, playing Portland, going back to Memphis, then going to Milwaukee. They have a tough stretch coming up. We've talked about that stretch at nauseum. Now, for the Thunder, are you buying or are you selling Lou Dort shot? Because I I feel like we all bought, 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 bought stock in it a month ago. And even after this disastrous stretch from him, I mean, his last few games have been god-awful. From beyond the arc. Let's call it spade a spade here. He's still shooting 33% from beyond the arc. And you go back and you review. Since that 0-6 Clippers game. Whenever he missed his you know, his first game without making a 3. This season. Since that Clippers game. He has shot 16% from beyond the arc. He's made .93's on 5.3 attempts. Look. I don't think that this is who he is. I think that he's much better than the stretch he's had so far. I also don't think that shooting 40% is who he is. So I'm maintaining my Lou Dort stock. I'm holding on to it with diamond hands because I think that this comes back up to 35%. And at 35%, 36% around that league average, that's exactly where I want Lou Dort to be. That would make Lou Dort this just incredible player and 33% still makes him an incredible player. Cause that's exactly where you know around that ballpark of, okay, well at least even though you're under the three point line, percentage for the average, at least you still provide all this great defense. And for Lou Dort, he scores in a multitude of ways. He can facilitate an in offense. He can run pick and roll stuff. Like at least Lou Dort has other options than the three-point line. But if he can even improve that to 35%, because this is a bad stretch I think he's much better than this stretch. If he can improve that to 35%, oh my goodness, you've you just unlocked this new potential for him. So I'm holding on with diamond hands when it comes to Lou Dort and him shooting the three-ball. Now, coming up, I want to talk about the Nuggets game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is delicious. It's actually their best bar yet. Now, we all got sent this new Built Bar, every single host, on every single network, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And if you like cookie dough chunk Built Bars, you're going to love the coconut brownie chunk Built Bars. They're dark dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better than this. Also, it's only 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. And for a limited time, it is amazing. Get them today or they'll be gone tomorrow. Trust me, they are fantastic. And I truly want to say this right now. I am in two different group chats with Locked On. I have Locked On MLB hosts I'm in a group chat with because I host Locked On Royals. I'm in a Locked On NBA host group chats. I'm hosting Locked On Thunder right now. Every single host on both Channels in MLB, NBA absolutely love this coconut built bar. And let me tell you right now, in general, I hate coconut, I hate it. But I gave it a try, I gave the built bar a try with the coconut brownie chunks. They're to die for, they're truly to die for. And I'm going to order me another box before this flavor is gone. So try them out today at builtbar.com. And when you go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. Builtbar.com, promo code Locked On, 20% off your next order.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you about Fridays on Locked On NBA. On Locked On NBA on a Friday, you're going to be joined by Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mazaris of Locked On Nuggets for a recap windup up wrap-up of the biggest storylines around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you the game recaps, the weekend previews, and weekly NBA Power Rankings that you cannot miss. Subscribe to Locked in NBA Podcast today, wherever you get your podcast from, including the radio.com app. I want to end this show off by touching on the Nuggets game briefly. Now look, we talked to Coach Mark Degnot at 5 p.m. on Thursday, which is about an hour from right now. We're still 30 minutes away from the first injury report, so It's not clear who's going to be available and who's not going to be available. But in this Nuggets game, I want to see Isaiah Roby play if he is available. And if he does play, he was a game time decision on, on Wednesday. So it seems as though he's getting closer and closer. If he's back to being able to play, I want to see him match up with Jokic because I don't care what Jokic's box scores. Jokic will always have a ton of points. He's always going to produce at a mammoth level. I do care though about the game-to-game improvements. And Mark Degnan and the Thunder organization think that Isaiah Roby can be a, a center of the future. And you saw him make adjustments on Jokic half-to-half. I mean, go watch that last Nuggets game. Watch the first half, and then watch the second half of only the Isaiah Roby minutes, and only focus on Isaiah Roby. You saw him adjust how he defends Jokic with going to play the passing lanes more and trying to poke the ball free more instead of trying to go face up with him and trying to just use his body and stay vertical you you saw him do different things I want to see him continue to to learn the technicalities of playing the the center position and learn how to handle a player like Jokic the best you can because that's truly all you can do I, I know that moral victories are not cool they're not flashy But when it comes to player development, they're absolutely necessary. So if Isaiah Roby can play tonight, that's something that watch for closely. Again, SGA, if he's back, then of course he's going to be the big headline and big storyline. By the way, for some cleanup housekeeping around the news and notes for basketball, number one is that SGA fell out of the top 10 in guards on the fan voting. He's behind Alex Caruso now. He's behind a lot of just insane names. Look, fan voting does not matter. I hate to break it to anyone It's fun, and I hope that you all continue to vote for Shea. But the fan voting is not how Shea's going to get into the All-Star game because it only impacts starters, and Shea's not going to be a starter. And I think that Shea's best chance to get into the All-Star game, where he deserves to be, is with coaches and media. So we'll see how that vote pans out here in about, I think, what, eight days, nine days will be whenever they reveal the media and coaches portion of it. I understand why fans and the NBA want fan voting, it creates more engagement and it's really good at times, but often it just kind of feels like, what's the point? Like, like what's the point of fan voting if Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and, and, and Alex Caruso can be top 10 in, in their respective positions. Theoric Rose can be top 10 in their respective positions in their conferences for starting in the NBA all-star game. And that's not to say that Shea should start, but if you're going to rank 10 of them, Alex Crusoe is not somebody you have ahead of Shea in the starting category. So it's like, we're just going to stuff the ballot boxes. it reminds me a ton of the Royals fans who kept voting Omar Infante into the all-star game, who was just this average at best second baseman and in no way deserved to start the all-star game. And with only the fan voting, the Royals had it to where every single Royal was going to start the all-star game. If it was only left up to fan voting, it was atrocious. That's kind of what you open yourself up to with fan voting. It does more good than harm, I think, because it at least gets somebody interacting on Twitter and it at least gets some highlights shared of your sport and it get some conversation going, but don't pay too much attention to it. It's no big deal. You know, don't take it as something you need to vote, vote, vote more because this is only for the starters and it's not really the pathway for Shea to get into the all-star game. And I understand if you feel disheartened by the fact that you're voting for Shea and Alex Caruso is still ahead of SGA in the All-Star voting. And also the NBA announced that the plan right now is for the All-Star game to happen on March 7th. But the dunk contest will happen at halftime of the All-Star game, which I thought was strange. I'm not sure how they're going to complete the dunk contest, if it's going to be pre-recorded. Or if it's going to be a limited field, because how can you get through all those guys in just one halftime? Is it going to be expanded halftime? Are the players that just played the first half going to get to watch the dunk contest? Like what's going to happen there? Uh, again, that's one festivity that you can see a thunder player getting in. You could see Diallo going back to the dunk contest and trying to defend that title, which he didn't get to do last year is doing some injuries and in the NBA and things like that just didn't work out with the dunk contest last year. But Maybe Diallo performs in it. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see where to go on that. But it is confirmed it's not just the skills competition. It's also the dunk contest happening at halftime of the All-Star game. So that will wrap up today's episode of Locked on Thunder. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the game against the Denver Nuggets. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And be good, and be good to one another.